Patients lose 35 pounds or 15% of their weight with no change in diet or exercise. Make men men again. Lowcountrymail.com. It's time for the press box. It wasn't even like it was close. It was... Out of bounds on the roar. Who do you play for? Play for the United States of America. After 35 long years, Clemson got away in 35 years. It's finally coming home, baby. It's coming home. You are looking live at Clemson Memorial Stadium in Clemson, South Carolina. Where the game of the weekend is about to unfold. Calma, regresa al backfield. De John Watson, pase, touchdown, touchdown, Clemson, Clemson, por un segundo. Nice work, everyone. Sharp broadcast. Really good. Everyone on the floor as well. Really a lot of hustle. I liked it. How great is this? This, this could be the final play of the college season, perhaps, if Clemson gets a touchdown to win it. Bama can hold him out. Perhaps a field goal attempt for overtime. Watson. Touchdown! Hunter Renfro. Little man makes another enormous play. And Clemson runs out of the field and celebrates. They come to California and strike gold. And now, William Qualkenbush and Ben Milstead with Out of Bounds on the Roar. Welcome in. Glad to have you with us. We are live on the Roar on a Friday, March the 10th, 2023. Thanks so much for joining us here on Out of Bounds. William Quackenbush and Mike Vaughn with you. A multi-site show yet again in what is my primary residence this week. Uh, it is the Doug Kingsmore Stadium press box. And uh, a little bit overcast today, but uh, no rain in the forecast, which is nice. Uh, there is rain in the forecast for Sunday, though, and so uh, we've just gotten word uh, just a little bit ago. In fact, that, that release went out uh, about 45 minutes or so ago that Clemson and Georgia State will be playing a doubleheader tomorrow. So no game on Sunday. Doubleheader tomorrow. The first game will start at 1, and the second game will begin about an hour after the first game ends so that's what we're looking at tomorrow. We're talking about hours and hours and hours of baseball here at Doug Kingsmore Stadium, which I, I love. I'm down for it. Uh, Tony Schufo will be on the call. In fact, Tony Schufo will be on the call all three games this weekend. I'm sliding over to the TV booth uh, for today's game. And so very excited, uh, very excited to be out here today. Uh, spoke with Eric Backett a little bit ago. I know he's fired up to compete again this weekend. And I'm also fired up to watch a little Clemson basketball and talk a little basketball with you. We have... Lots of basketball conversation. Brett Freelander has been in Greensboro at the ACC tournament. Josh Graham has been in Greensboro at the ACC tournament. Ben Milstead is currently in Greensboro at the ACC tournament. And Brett is going to join us at 1225. Josh is going to join us at 105. And Ben is going to join us at 205 to talk about their experiences, uh, expecting some wild differences and then some, some, uh, some, some common threads, I would say. Uh, six five four roar. If you want to get in, man. If we don't have guests, open phones. The uh, the Adams Curving text line is open as well. Uh, obviously, a huge win for Clemson last night. Not just for the fact that it was one, but for how they got it, the margin of victory, what it meant, what it seemed to signal 
uh, from the national media and some of the narratives surrounding Clemson last night. All of that, I think, very much on the table for discussion. We'll talk about what happened yesterday that Clemson needed to happen. We'll talk about what maybe didn't happen that Clemson needed to happen and what might uh, happen in Clemson's favor today other than the Tigers beating Virginia. Mike Vaughn, I want to bring you in now. How are you today, sir? You doing all right? Doing good, Qualk. It's great to be back on with you two days in a row, especially following this big win last night. Yeah, it was a huge win, and I know you put the bad juju in the air. I want to say thank you for the uh, reverse double jinx, or the double reverse jinx, whatever it was, um, last uh, uh, yesterday on the show. I know that was planned. I know it was all part of the uh, it was all part of the 4D chess you were playing, and I know one or two people on Twitter thanked you for that too. So I just want to I just want to publicly uh, exalt you. And I want to. Uh, I just want to uh, humbly thank you for your service, sir. Well, I appreciate the the tweeting world getting behind my uh, reverse pessimism yesterday. Yeah, for sure. And uh, we saw that. In fact, it's not difficult uh, to beat a team three times in a season if you own that team. Uh, I tweeted last night that if if NC State played Clemson a million times, they would lose a million times by double digits. And I'm, I was so uh, certain of that because of what happened early in the game. Now, I'll admit, I was a little bit squirrely. I was willing to play it out. I, don't, I generally don't overreact to the first six or eight minutes of a game because I know the best coaches have a plan B. They have a little wrinkle they can throw in there, a little something-something extra for the people. Um, and they normally will adjust to whatever happens in the first one or two segments of play. But when NC State went up by 9 at 20 to 11, I did feel like there was a little bit of a different vibe. Like, you look at what happened uh, You look at what happened in that first little bit of play. You had Terquavion Smith, who had the AM one. You had Jarkel Joyner, who was going off. In fact, at, at one point, he scored like 10 consecutive points for NC State to go up uh, 16 to 10. And then Burns got going into paint. And then Smith made a shot. And then all of a sudden, you know, almost 10 minutes in, they're up by nine. Smith looks good. He's got five. Joyner's got ten. And I'm going, okay, they're going to have to miss a bunch of shots from here on out. And what did they do? Mike, they missed a bunch of shots from there on out. Terquavion Smith was five for 18 with 11 points. Jarkel Joyner was three for 12 with 10 points. In fact, he did not score after the game was 16 to 10. Did not score a single point. 21 points on 30 shot attempts last night. What did I say? I said they needed to have uh, they had they needed to have fewer points than they had shot attempts. Well, well I have to uh, I have to return kudos to you because you called this one hundred percent yesterday. In fact, I would love if you have those numbers, Quarks, at some point today during Out of Bounds. I'd love for you to go back to those and show us how well they did against Virginia Tech and how poorly those two players did against Clemson all season. Oh, if, if you don't think I have them right now, you're a crazy person. Here, here are the numbers, all right? Here are the numbers against Virginia Tech versus Clemson. Again, this was all because there were folks saying, boy, I don't know if I want to play NC State because look how they looked against Virginia Tech. And it's all about matchups. It's all about matchups. Clemson was always going to match up well with NC State. We knew it. Even if you had some trepidation about, you know, it, it maybe, maybe you did feel like it's hard to beat a team three times. You had to concede that Clemson – the, the way that they beat NC State was highly replicable. It was highly likely that they were going to do it again. 
uh, we talked about this yesterday. In two games against Virginia Tech, Smith and Joyner combined to average 46.5 points a game, and they were 31 of 60 from the floor. Now, against Clemson in three games, Terquavion Smith combined had 42 points. That's an average of 14 per game. Jarkel Joyner combined for 32 points as an average of 11.3 a game. That's 25.3 points per game. Again, we're going from 46.5 to 25.3 points per game. That's 21 points difference for the season. Smith and Joyner, who I love, make no mistake, I'm a big fan of those guys, and I'm a big fan of DJ Burns when he's not fouling because he only will slide his feet twice in the post, and then he just stops moving and just like just randomly foul somebody, or when either or or both of those guards, especially Smith, is flopping to the floor as he did every drive and not getting a call and whining while Dylan Hunter makes a three on the other end or Burns just kind of jogging back or NC State just not giving a lot of effort. Okay, we're going to talk about that more a little bit later on. But I love these players. Don't get me wrong. Clemson just completely shuts them down every single time. Smith, for his career against Clemson, is like 20-some percent. Last night, he was 5-for-18 from the floor, meaning in three games against Clemson this year, Terquavion Smith was a combined 14-for-53. 14-for-53 from the floor. Jarkel Joyner was 3-of-12 last night. That meant in three games against Clemson this year, he was a combined 8-for-38. 8-for-38 in 91 shot attempts. That's over 30 a game for these guys. 91 shot attempts. They made 22. 91 shot attempts. They made 22. That is well below 25% right there, boys and girls. And that's why Clemson has destroyed NC State three times. And it's not because they were just having a bad night last night. When you look at the, the course of those three games and the way that the Clemson defense dominated them, especially in the second half last night. The pressure, uh, the rebounding, it it was just so impressive. Uh, Let's go to the phones because we do have Brett in the next segment. I want to get callers as we get them today as we have opportunity. 654 roars the number. Jamie gets in from Florida to talk about this. What's up, Jamie? Hey, Jamie. All right, Mike. I'm going to stick Jamie on hold. Let's see if uh, let's see if we've got him. Um, I, yeah, I'm not getting anything from Jamie. So let's uh, let's see if Jamie let's see if Jamie's still with us. Um, I a couple other things about this game. I felt like it was the perfect example of Clemson showcasing some strengths that it had not previously shown. Uh, on the one hand, you have, and, and I would say not previously, I, I mean, not in previous matchups with, uh, with NC State. You had four in double figures. Seven players in a game last night had eight or more points. And when, I, I got to be honest, when Brevin Galloway got two quick fouls on Smith, I, I, I uh, thought to myself, it is, a, it is absolutely under no circumstances a good thing that Brevin Galloway goes out with fouls. Absolutely not. You want Brevin in the game, especially since he was in Fuego in the last meeting with NC State. Over there in Raleigh where he was absolutely ridiculous. Maybe the best shooting night of his career, the best scoring night of his career. It was not a good thing. But I felt like, 
in the first half when Josh Beadle gave you the minutes that he gave you. Now, I'm going to I'm gonna have to give a caveat for this. When Beadle has the ball on offense, I'm immediately yelling, pass it. Pat, don't dribble. Just pass it. Move the ball. Cut. Whatever. I said early in the season, and it tapered off, that Beadle's on-ball defense, I think, was his legitimate strength. That what he brings you is tenacious on-ball defense. We saw that in the first half where he basically did nothing on the stat sheet. He had one foul and two turnovers. But he did play, what, like nine minutes in the first half? He played nine minutes in the first half. And again, offensively, you know, not doing much. But defensively, that was exactly what the doctor ordered for Clemson. Because the reason Brevin Galloway's on Smith is because he's a pest and he's got length. Well, Beetle doesn't have the length, but, man, he's going to shoot over those ball screens. He did a great job getting over ball screens, putting his body right between, uh, right between Smith and the screener. I thought he did an excellent job of using his position to his advantage because Smith had a height advantage. And then the help defense was very good when Smith got going downhill. Did not let him get loose. And then you had Dylan Hunter, who came in and I thought played the most brilliant game of his season. And I thought the first half really set the tone. He, he went two for two from the floor, got a steal and a run-out bucket, got to the free-throw line some. He had a rebound and assist, no turnovers. And he's dealing with some ball pressure now. They're jamming the ball all the way up the floor when Dylan Hunter's got it in his hands. They're jamming him all the way up the floor. And I felt like, all things considered, I felt those two guys played a great, great game. And it allowed everybody else to settle down because things really could have come unglued. You're down by nine. Galloway's on the bench. Hunt, Chase Hunter ends up in foul trouble, too, with a couple fouls. And DJ Burns, you're basically just letting him because you're, you don't want to give up threes. You're letting him back down your bigs. Quack, I think we got Jamie back. Let's try one more time. All right, let's try one more time. Yep, Jamie is back with us. Jamie, can you hear us? Good afternoon. Can you hear me, guys? I got you, Jamie. What's going on? What's going on? I'm very proud of this team. Good win last night. They did what I've asked them to do. I said early in the week, just don't go to Greensboro and get bounced, and they did not do that. But I do have to ask you a question about the net. Are you there? Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Um. All right, so everybody says we're solidly in, but I'm seeing a few projections that's still saying we're still out. So if we were to get beat tonight, and I hope we don't, but if we were to, how bad would a loss to Virginia hurt us? Well, I mean, it depends on who you talk to, Jamie, and I appreciate the phone call. Thanks very much. It depends on who you talk to. I'll answer this the way that I've answered every question about this. There is a certain amount that we know about what wins and losses will tell us, but the reality is Clemson, Clemson helped itself tremendously last night. They also had a lot of teams that were right around there, like in their wheelhouse, in their neighborhood, so to speak, that lost. They got bounced from their conference tournaments yesterday. That also helps. So, I don't I mean, it depends how it looks. I thought Pitt losing to Duke wasn't that bad, but the way Pitt lost to Duke was pretty rough. Um, they are, I mean, their net took a significant hit. Pittsburgh, we'll talk about that a little bit later on. I, 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 really, don't, I really don't know what it means. I think it's significant that Clemson went from 61 to 51 in the net. I think it's significant that they went from 67 at the start of the game to 52 in Ken Palm and 70 at the start of the day yesterday. They went from 70 at the start of the day to 52 in Ken Palm. 70 is a fringe team. 52 is a team you can see included in. 61 in the net, fringe team. 51, a team you can see getting in. This, it, it's huge. It's absolutely huge. And I, 
Uh, later on in this hour, I want to play what Brad Brownell said. Brad Brownell gave a great defense of his team. As full-throated a defense of his team as I've seen him give. He's been sort of bullish on his team publicly, but I don't think he's been bullish to the extent that he was last night. I want to ask Brett Freelander that on the other side as well. We'll take some more phone calls through the show. 654-ROAR is the number. Hour 1 continues with Brett after this. Hey friends, Don Munson here for Buff City Soap with the Hartwell Village Shopping Center in Clemson and the shops at Green Ridge in Greenville. Yes, Buff City Soap has delightfully scented plant-based soaps that are handmade daily, but they also have laundry soap, foaming hand soaps, shaving soaps, facial bar, beard care products, and all of the accessories to make your skin happy. Shop for yourself, shop for friends, family, or co-workers. Buff City has a soap for everyone and any occasion. Be sure to like on Facebook for updates and specials at Buff City Soap Greenville and Buff City Soap Clemson. It's not too early to start thinking about new patio furniture from Craft Stove Store and Patio. Your patio deserves classic styles that will last you a lifetime. Brands like Summer Classics, Hanament, Tropitone, Lloyd Flanders, Palm Spring Rattan, Meadowcraft, and Breezesta. Shop now for classic lifetime patio furniture at Craft Stove Store and Patio in Greenville. Start shopping at CraftStoveStore.com. Then visit them on Wade Hampton Boulevard, Greenville. Craft Stove Store and Patio. Outstanding customer service and incredible prices, along with special requests. See why Anderson Beverage Outlet knocks it out of the park with their customer reviews. They're your go-to destination for wine, beer, and spirits, offering 3% savings for law enforcement, healthcare, and military professionals. Score a grand slam with their customer appreciation program. Anderson Beverage Outlet, your home team for adult beverages. 140 Commons Parkway, Anderson, in front of Lowe's and Target. The Pendleton Tire Company wants you to have a tire as strong as you are. The Michelin Defender LTX is ready for the tough jobs and the long hauls. It holds up to tough conditions and will keep you rolling strong with confidence. Give Zach or Joey a call at 864-646-3694. Michelin Tires and the Pendleton Tire Company. A winning combination since 1973. PendletonTire.com. Gilstrap Roofing has an experienced team that specializes in shingle, metal, and flat roofs for residential, commercial, and industrial customers. Their dedication to complete customer satisfaction is why a large portion of their business comes from repeat customers and referrals. If you need a full-service roofing contractor that has over 80 years of experience and takes pride in top customer satisfaction, Gilstrap Roofing has got you covered. Call for your free roofing estimate today at 269-1232 and online at gilstraproofing.com. Uncompromising quality, reliability, comfort, and safety. Toyota trucks, SUVs, and cars deliver those attributes, and you'll find them at South Carolina's oldest Toyota dealer, Ralph Hayes Toyota. Whether it's a pre-owned or new Toyota, Ralph Hayes Toyota delivers the goods. Built on their over 70 years as a family-owned dealership, see the -the state-of-the-art Ralph Hayes Toyota pre-owned store, as well as the flagship store in Anderson on Clemson Boulevard. Ralph Hayes Toyota. Hey, Tiger fans, your local Boys Camp thrift stores in Seneca and Westminster need your items to help bring hope and healing to boys in need through counseling, therapy, and life skills training. Donate your items for resale or shop their wide selection of gently used items at a great price. When you donate or shop with the Boys Camp thrift store, you're changing lives. Call today for a free large item donation pickup, like furniture and appliances, at 822-734, 822-734. You can also visit fairplaycamp.org for store hours, volunteer opportunities, and more. I'm Eddie Bennett. Bennett Equipment has helped build the upstate for the last 23 years by renting and selling construction equipment. 
And when it comes to compact equipment, the best in the industry is Takeuchi. The lineup of track skid steer loaders, excavators, wheel loaders, and hundreds of attachments make the choice easy. So come and see why so many choose to buy it or rent it from Bennett and experience the Takeuchi difference in the upstate, western North Carolina, and North Georgia. Research shows listeners prefer a personalized experience. So to help you remember, Liberty Mutual customizes your home insurance. We personalize this ad for Amber, who really misses boy bands from the 90s. Hey, girl. I'm the cute one. Here to tell you how Liberty Mutual customizes your home insurance so you only pay for what you need. I'm the heartthrob. The only thing I love more than you is saving. And I'm the other boy in the band everyone forgot about. Just only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Liberty, 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 Liberty. And your weekdays with Walt Deptula, host of Road Rage. Walt eats, breathes, and sleeps sports. And he'll break down any sport at any time. Walt knows all things football, college, and NFL. And Walt's the station's NFL draft expert, competing in the NFL Top 100 annually. If you're up for a spirited debate, Road Rage is the place for you. Check him out weekdays 3 to 7 on 105.5 and 97.5 FM. Or tune in on our app or website, theroarfm.com. Live and local sports talk coming to you from the Upcountry Fiber Studios. This is 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. Serving the five counties of the South Carolina Upstate, Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. Here at The Roar, every day is game day. We are 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. Out of bounds, William Cloggenbush under the clouds here at Doug Kingsmore Stadium. It's not going to rain. It's just going to be overcast today and should be nice. Maybe a little chill in the air for baseball. 3.30 pregame with Tony Shufo and Bob Mahoney. 4 o'clock first pitch here this afternoon. Mike Vaughn back in the Upcountry Fiber Studios. Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. Texture from the 864 says, sure was nice having a two-game bye. State looked really tired in the last half while the Tigers have fresh legs. I think, I think Clemson really... I mean, I'll say yes, that's true. Um, and, in fact, uh, who was it? Uh, somebody yesterday said that. I have to remember who was on with this. It might have been Brian Edwards that said this yesterday. That was talking about how, in, like, Jaquavion Smith played 38 minutes in a blowout win over Virginia Tech in the first game. And so, may, like, maybe there were some of those guys that have rested a little bit more. But I felt like Clemson just flat-out stole NC State's soul and made him quit last night. Which again, I think is a is a mark of a of an NCAA tournament team. For more on this, uh, let's go to Brett Friedlander, who joins us right now. Check him out at SaturdayRoad.com and at BFreedACC on Twitter. What's up, Brett? Not much. You know, the, the the dynamic that I just haven't really heard is that there are certain teams that are good matchups against other teams and bad matchups against some. And Clemson is a is a horrible matchup for NC State. Can't tell you why. Maybe it's because they're physical. Maybe it's because P.J. Hall is mobile and can step out and, 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 and it makes it really tough for D.J. Burns to, uh, to chase him around. And, and I don't know what it is, but it's a great matchup. And listen, Clemson is an NCAA tournament team. I just don't want to hear it. I, you know, I, Clemson's an NCAA tournament team, and I don't think it matters what happens tonight. But that's my opinion. Well, and I, I think you're right, and in fact, I felt like one of the biggest developments, I mean, obviously Clemson playing helped the calls last night, playing the well that they, as well as they did, 
But I had not heard full-throated support of Clemson as a tournament team from national voices. You know, uh, Terrence Oglesby said it on on their podcast, but last night you had Jay Billis saying no doubt. You had Seth Greenberg saying no doubt. It's the basketball people who are saying, yes, they're in. And with the same breath, they're saying North Carolina's not a tournament team. Michigan's not a tournament team. So they're now sort of separating. These are teams that aren't, and we're saying it. And this is a team that is, and they're not – Brett, the thing that's that strikes me is they're not just citing resume and they're not just saying look at them. It's both. They're actually saying Clemson has yeah. a resume and uh, meets the eye test for an NCAA tournament team. And and Quack, this is this is what I, I the point that I wanted to make that the net is a good starting point. It's a tool. I'm not an analytics guy. You know, I'm a get off my lawn old guy. But (laughs) as as a starting tool, as a foundation to to build from, to build a resume from, I don't have a problem with with the net. The problem is that games in December and November should not count as heavily as they do now because teams evolve. Look at Duke, okay? Um, You know, you take the South Carolina law, okay? P.J. Hall played 12 minutes. It's a rivalry game. And, and, and that needs to be factored into the equation. Um, it, it, it is skewed to, to penalize bad losses more than it is to reward good wins. Clemson now has four quad one wins, I believe. And it, that doesn't mean anything because, oh, they got three bad losses. So, you know, it, it needs to be tweaked. But here's my hope. And here's my, you know, once the door closes, in Indianapolis or wherever they are, wherever the committee is going to be meeting here this weekend, I hope that the human element gets gets you know as much weight as 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 the the computer gigo, okay? And and if it does, there is no question. Clemson's not just a, not just a tournament team. They shouldn't be in Dayton either. You know, they should be a seven or eight seed. Um, but we shall see. And you know what? Here's the thing, though. Here, here's the thing. They they can take all that out of the equation by winning tonight and tomorrow night. And just from what I've seen, I, I think that would that is a, a distinct possibility. Um, and you know, as, as a writer, as, as, as you know, as a columnist, I don't root for teams. I root for great stories. And what a great story it would be tomorrow night for Duke, the team with the most ACC tournament championships in history, playing Clemson, the only original member of the league after 70 years without a conference t- uh, tournament championship. How cool of a story would that be? You know, I, I, you read my mind. I was just going to ask you about that because it feels like the, the popular narrative here, there's this groundswell of support for Clemson, and there's also this groundswell of support for Duke as a team that has really reinvented itself. And in my opinion, I mean, I've said this to you, their best offense six weeks ago was throw the ball to the rim, hope it clangs high enough, and then go get the rebound and lay it up or dunk it or get fouled. But they actually are, are showing a, a lot more skill right now. In your mind, is Duke the favorite of the four teams left, or is there somebody else that has a better chance to cut the nets down? Well, Miami is a pretty darn good team, too. But yeah. I, I, I think Duke is going to take care of business tonight against them. I, I, Duke is just trending in such a, such a positive way and so quickly. And they keep adding elements to, to their game as they go along. Tyrese Proctor uh, 
recommitted or what he, he reclassified. That's the word I'm looking for. He should be in high school right now. Well, you've seen his growth. He is now the full-fledged point guard in this team. And not only has he given him a little bit of a perimeter threat by making some three-pointers, but he's played so well as a point guard, he's freed Jeremy uh, Rocha to be able to just concentrate on shooting, which has made him a better shooter. And then look at last night. Derek Lively is a is a elite rim protector. He scored 11 points. He's adding an offensive game with some post moves to his to his uh, you know package. So they keep adding things. And Derek Whitehead is still making progress to come back from the injuries. He's still got a high ceiling. I, I think that Duke is by far the best team here. It's not to say they're going to win, but I think they're the best team. And I think they're the the ACC team that has the absolute best chance to go far. I could see them in Houston first weekend of April. Check him out on Twitter at BeFreedACC. Uh, read his great work at SaturdayRoad.com. Great columns. In fact, you wrote some great stuff on Jim Beheim earlier this week. I want to ask you about in a second. But I want to spend a little time with the uh, with the Clemson-Virginia matchup. You know, these two teams yep. literally just played like a week and a half ago. And it's interesting. You know, Ben Vanderplas was was not much of a factor in the game. It was, it was weird. He played 21 minutes, but he wasn't much of a factor. And so Brad Brownell was asked about that last night. He said, well, you know, they, they played a little bit different, it, it, you know, as if Vanderplas, he wasn't going to dramatically change the game plan without him. What do you see as the keys on both sides of the ledger tonight in the late game? Well, let's just say that they got great play from their two post guys yesterday. Um, uh, Shedrick played the game of his life, all right? Yeah. And, and he's going to have to keep playing like that because uh, Vanderplas gave them uh, – a, an element, an inside-outside element, and he also gave them um, a you know a more of a depth factor, and I think that may come into play tonight. The fact that you know they're one man short in the rotation, but um, Dean Smith used to say that after a catastrophic injury, catastrophic injury, um, that first game is a game that everybody raises their game, and you don't necessarily feel the effects of it. It's after that, as you move forward, that you start feeling the effects. I, I think Virginia might be a different team tonight than they were last night. Not necessarily a, a dramatically different, but I, I think that you know there's going to be some kind of drop-off. Um, I also think that the fact that they are playing on a neutral, a true neutral court is going to be a very big advantage for Clemson over the last time they played. They played in Charlottesville, didn't they? Yes, they did. And the the free throw advantage in that game, I think it was like, uh, I think it was 22-5, to five, if yeah. I remember right. And this is my point. With, with that crowd at John Paul Jones, the way they defend and the reputation they have for being a great defensive team, they get away with a lot on the perimeter. Kihei and Beekman get away with a lot of hand-checking, a lot of body-ups with their chest, and at home with that crowd, with their reputation, it, it, it's called differently when they're not at home. And I saw yesterday a lot of calls, and of course they were playing UNC, and you know you can go with the narrative and, and, and all, but I saw them get called for fouls yesterday that they don't get called at home. And it's going to, a lot's going to depend on who the officiating crew is, and it's going to be an A crew because it's the semifinals. I think that, that that disparity will be a little bit different, and they're not going to be able to get away with quite as much. And if foul trouble comes into the, um, uh, into the equation, then Vanderplas not being there will definitely be a, a huge factor. I, I think Clemson's got a great shot tonight. It, they need to make shots. And against Virginia, that's tough because they they, you know, they make 
you work for everything. But I think that, that P.J. is the kind of big who is not going to be quite as affected by the pack line defense that just kind of, when you get into the lane, everything just kind of amoebas into you know, and And it makes it tough to, you know, look at uh, uh, Baycott. He barely touched the ball last night. Mm-hmm. Um, but P.J. can step outside, and if he makes a couple of threes, he's going to expand that defense, which will then open up some driving lanes. I, I like Clemson's chances tonight. Well, he certainly did that last night very well, especially early in the game. All right, I want to ask you about North Carolina. You mentioned him uh, falling to Virginia last night. Uh, I I think some of the narrative of North Carolina is a little bit unfair. They didn't ask to be number one preseason, just like UCLA nope. didn't ask to be number one or number two preseason after their uh, improbable run to the Final Four two years ago. I think this is where we got it wrong a little bit, and maybe they had a hand in it, but but we don't ever admit that we're wrong. And so that I think that's part of this, but they also, I mean, objectively did not have a good season, Brett. No, they didn't, and there were a lot of factors, and one of them is the, the weight of expectations. And we have learned over the course of this year that they weren't a great team last year. They caught lightning in a bottle, had a great month, and really got a lot of breaks. You know, they played yes. Duke with Duke had, they're having the pressure of the world on them you know, with Coach K and, and, and in a rivalry game. Uh, they played a top-seeded Baylor team whose best player was out with an injury, and they got St. Peter's in the regional final. So, And then they got Duke again uh, with even more pressure on them. So there's that. They, 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 they were overrated, okay? Number two, the Brady-Manic uh, factor is, is real. He was a guy who, A, on the court, gave them an element that Pete Nance just has not. He also was a leader who they... A, respected, and B, feared, and, and he willed them to get better. And, and, and Hubert did not grow this team. I mean, they are the same team now that they were in November, and that's on the coach. Uh, yes. Okay, they've got 20 wins, and I'm not convinced they're out. And, and the reason I'm not convinced that they're out is the human element I mentioned earlier. Their, their net is terrible. Actually, their net, it really isn't terrible. It's in the 40s, I think. They only have that one quad one win, but they have 20 wins. They're 20 and 12. And the biggest factor is the letters N-O-R-T-H, D-A-R-O-L-I-N-A, <laughs> stitched on the front of their uniforms. And again, that human element, when they get behind closed doors and they don't have to justify you know, what they do until it's over. You know, It's easier to say, hey, I'm sorry, than it is to ask for permission. And, you know, CBS is going to want them. You know, it, I am not shocked if, if North Carolina is in Dayton when they announce the brackets on Sunday. Now, having said that, um, if they don't get in, and I don't think they should, to be honest with you. I, I just don't think – you know, you talk about the eye test and Clemson looking like an NCAA team. North Carolina doesn't. But if they don't get in, it's going to be very, very interesting Sunday night, maybe Monday morning, to see what they do about the NIT bid. Because if you check out my 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 uh, our site and my column that I wrote from that game last night, uh, I don't think they want to play in the NIT. I think they're ready to call it quits. And the you know the, the there were no tears in the locker room. And you know, Coach K once said that you can always tell. Uh, when it's been a successful season, when a team has basically emptied its gas tank, is if there are tears in the locker room after the last game, win or lose. And they weren't. It wasn't anger. It wasn't sadness. It was just like almost, oh, thank God it's over. And and I, I just think that if there's an NIT bid issued, they're going to say thanks but no thanks. 
All right, real quick, I want to ask you about Jim Beheim. We don't have much time left, so we'll have to keep it brief. But just your thoughts on whatever the heck happened with that this week. You know, it was totally on brand. He had an opportunity to come up on that stage after the game on Wednesday and bring Adrian Autry with him and say, I've had a great run. This is my guy. Handpicked to take over. I'm going to hand him the torch. I'm all right behind him, and, and instead it was all about me. He, he, knew he, was, he knew what was getting ready to happen. He went up on that stage. He played one last cryptic game with the media, and he wanted to make sure that everybody knew that it wasn't his idea that he was getting pushed out. And you know what? Whatever. Goodbye. Good riddance. <laughs> it was time. Exactly as I thought he would. Brett Friedlander ends the interview with yeah. a party shot at Jim Bayhop, as we all kind of did, right? We all kind of said the same stuff. Yep. Yep. Good luck. Oh, man. <laughs> Fantastic. Hey, uh, follow him on Twitter That's at BeFreeACC. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, SaturdayRoad.com. Check out his great column. Uh, there on Jim Bay. I mean, he did have a great. Uh, I read the piece just before we came on air today about North Carolina and the NIT. You're going to want to check that out as well. Brett, thanks, my man. Always good to visit with you. Enjoy a day in Greensboro once again today and tomorrow, and uh, we'll visit again next week. It should be an interesting one next week. Talk to you later. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, Brett. That is Brett Freelander joining the program. 654 Roars, the number. Josh Graham's going to join us at 105. Open phones in the next segment. We'll come back after this. Discover credit cards automatically double all the cash back you earn at the end of your first year, which means... Wait, 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 hold up. Question for the audio engineer. Go ahead. Did I read that right? Discover automatically doubles all your cash back? Yeah, that's what the script says. So if I get a Discover card right now, I can earn twice the cash back. Apparently. Wait! Unlimited first-year cash back match, only from Discover. See terms and learn more at discover.com slash match. Golf Cart Service, serving the upstate for the past 50 years as an authorized club car dealer for sales, service, and rental. With new used and reconditioned carts, they also do special customization. With their service truck, they come to your business or home to maintain your cart. Visit our website, golfcartsc.com, located at the intersection of Highway 221 and Highway 295 in Spartanburg. Call us at 864-574-4616. Mention the roar and get a free rearview mirror with cart purchase. Get ready to slam dunk those dirty carpets with Zero Res Carpet and Air Duct Cleaning. As the madness of March approaches, it's time to get your home in order. Zero Res uses no harsh chemicals, leaving your carpets safe for your family and your pets. Whether you're hosting a watch party or just need a refresh, the cleaning pros at Zero Res have you covered. Right now, mention my name, Mickey Plowler, at The Roar, and you'll get three rooms of carpet clean for only $119. Book online at ZeroResGreenville.com. I'm Eddie Bennett. Bennett Equipment has helped build the upstate for the last 23 years by renting and selling construction equipment. And when it comes to compact equipment, the best in the industry is Takeuchi. The lineup of track skid steer loaders, excavators, wheel loaders, and hundreds of attachments make the choice easy. So come and see why so many choose to buy or rent it from Bennett and experience the Takeuchi difference in the upstate, western North Carolina, and North Georgia. For any athletic event in Tigertown, Mellow Mushroom is your go-to stop before and after the game. Tons of parking, easy in and out, and TVs galore covering every sporting event, along with a great choice of wings, salads, and more. Plus, their out-of-this-world pizza paired with a great selection of craft beers to choose from. They'll be glad to cater your next event as well. 
Mellow Mushroom, Tiger Boulevard, and Clemson. Stay mellow and go Tigers! What's under your home can get into your home. A sealed crawl space keeps out moisture, mold, and pests. Canty Foundation Specialist is your local trusted expert in crawl space sealing. Call us today for your free estimate. Canty can fix it. Call the local experts for a free estimate. Call Canty Foundation Specialist at 864-403-5263 and ask about transferable warranties and available financing. That's 864-403-5263 or online at cantycanfixit.com. This summer will be hotter than ever. Country music artist Darius Rucker will be heating things up July 28th at the Southern Fried Circuit Charity Concert presented by Upcountry Fiber at the Anderson Civic Center. Only at this upscale get-down can you hear Darius sing your favorite songs and give back to local upstate charities at the same time. Visit southernfriedcircuit.com to buy your tickets today. That's southernfriedcircuit.com. Tickets are limited, so act fast. We'll see you at Southern Fried Circuit with Darius Rucker on July 28th. Mattress shopping? Look no further than Engineered Sleep. Visit their showroom in Greenville and try the ES Duo. This two-piece hybrid mattress is their most popular seller. If it's in stock, pick it up the same day or schedule a delivery. Setup is free. Plus, they take away your old mattress. Manufactured mattresses in Greenville for 90 years. Call 866-244-0898 or go to engineeredsleep.com. Save up to $600 and get two free pillows with code WCCP. Better sleep. Rest assured. My Garage by Essex is proud to service the Clemson area with excellent service on all makes and models. They are professionals that perform high-quality workmanship with high-quality parts. With life being uncertain, you know you can be certain of My Garage by Essex, taking care of you and your family. Stop in to see them at 551 Old Greenville Highway, Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. till 5 p.m., or call 864-633-5800. Discover credit cards automatically double all the cash back you earn at the end of your first year, which means... Wait, 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 hold up. Question for the audio engineer. Go ahead. Did I read that right? Discover automatically doubles all your cash back? Yeah, that's what the script says. So if I get a Discover card right now, I can earn twice the cash back. Apparently. Wait! Unlimited first-year cash back match, only from Discover. See terms and learn more at discover.com slash match. Live, local, trusted. With the largest coverage in the upstate, we are 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar, where every day is game day. Continues out of bounds. William Pluggenbush and Mike Vaughn. There's some stirring in the first base dugout here at Doug Kingsmore Stadium as the Tigers get ready to take on Georgia State this weekend in the first of a three-game set. I've been uh, brushing up on Georgia State this morning. This is a team that beat Clemson a year ago. Uh, it was one of the first teams to beat Clemson, as a matter of fact. I think it was, and I have to go back and double-check, I think it was the Tuesday after that first loss at the end of the Northeastern uh, series I do know they had a player who hit three home runs in the game against the Tigers, and I believe the score was 6-1. to one. Again, I don't have that in front of me. That's just kind of off the top of the dome with anyway, some of the reading I've been doing this morning. But this is a very good team. Uh, this is a team that uh, if Clemson's not playing well, they can beat them. Um, I talked to Eric Baggage about him. He said they're similar in some ways to UCF um, and that they are, they are very much a fastball-hitting team. You have got to locate your fastball well in the zone or they are trying to, to hit the ball out of the ballpark. 
And um, they've got, uh, you know, it's one of those teams that's got the makeup of, you know, a bunch of JUCOs, a few uh, transfers. They've got some guys who have had some decorated careers. And so looking forward to a very good weekend here at Doug Kingsmore Stadium. Let's go to Scott and Seneca, who's up with us next on the phones. We're going to play some Brad Brownell audio a little bit later on, about 10 minutes, 15 minutes or so. We'll have Josh Graham on from the Triangle. Uh, he's got thoughts, I'm sure, on all the stuff we just uh, asked Brett about. We'll talk to him at 105. First, let's go to Scott. What's up, Scott? I'm blessed. How are you all doing today? Doing great, man. Thanks for getting in. Yeah, I was just doing a comment on the game. Where, uh, before the game, they said if uh, Tyson got a double-double, he'd match Horace Grant for the most in clubs in history, and which he did, so... Congratulations! You got to get them while you can. And hey, that's exactly is- right. Let me let me let me say that. Let me say that real quick. It, it is to the point now with Hunter Tyson that it is a smooth and easy double double. Like it's not even really remarkable to the eyes that he gets a double double, and that is that is purely to his credit. Yeah, well, I, I don't think he shot a lot last night, but he was sure getting the rebounds. And uh, I remember. Uh, you know, the NCAA, with the, when it comes to Grinnell, we were the only team to win 20 games and not get in. Then he won three Hall of Fame coaches and didn't get in. I mean, it's looked like they're trying to find a reason for him not to get in. <laughs> Just well, go the title and tell him to shut up. <laughs> well, exactly right. I mean, that's that's the easiest way to get in at this point, Scott, and I appreciate the phone call. Thanks very much. Uh, that's that, that's That to me is the easiest way. That's the easiest way to get in is to just go ahead and win the daggone thing so you're not one of those again. Um, I, I saw a stat this morning that no team that's had a winning record against Quad 1 and a winning record against Quad 1 and Quad 2 has ever been left out from a power league, and Clemson's about to be in that group. Again, there are lots of things stacking up in Clemson's favor as far as the tournament is concerned, but I love what P.J. Hall and what Hunter Tyson were saying on the floor after the game uh, with Holly Rowe on television, I love the tenor of Brad Brownell's comments and uh, Ian Shefflin and Hunter Tyson's comments at the podium where they're talking about how they know, but they've, they've got something they want to do here. Uh, they've got something they want to do right now in Greensboro in the next two days. Just go ahead and win that thing, and then they'll worry about the other part, which, I mean, I just I flat out love that. Um, in fact, I think we have some of that uh, audio from PJ that we can play here in just a little bit. Let's go to Cole in Clemson, who's up with us next on the phone. 654 Roars the number. What's up, Cole? What's up, Paul? Doing great, man. Thanks for getting in. Yes, sir. Um, what, you, what are you most excited for tonight in baseball? Do you think the lineup's going to look kind of like what we saw in the midweek, or you think we're going to go back to what we've been seeing all year? Uh, you know, I think they're going to juggle it a little bit. It won't be back to what we've seen all year. Um, now, the the pitching rotation is setting up, and I, this is just my guess. You're going to see Gordon. You're going to see Smith. I bet you see Grice in the second game tomorrow. Um, that's just kind of the, the hunch. That's the hunch that I have. I don't think that you'll see Grice in the lineup this weekend. Um, he... He got pulled from the game. Uh, he had to go in after Chad Ferry got hit in the head. Ferry's okay. He's going to come back. Uh, so he went in, had a you know scored a run. He had an at bat, got an infield single, and then you know got crossed up on the sign. Whether he missed it or or uh, Riley Bertram missed it, really doesn't matter all that much. But uh, Grice was going down the second on what he thought was a hit and run. Bertram didn't swing, and uh, he just kind of stopped and looked at Bertram, frustrated. And Eric Backage pulled him out of the game. So I. 
I don't think that you'll see him. Uh, I don't think that you'll see him in the lineup again this weekend. Um, but I, I do think that you'll see Canarella at the top of the lineup, and then I believe they're going to have a couple of their bullpen arms back. Um, I believe Nick Clayton is supposed to be available this weekend, and I believe Willie Weiss is supposed to be available this weekend, which which will be uh, certainly very nice to see, especially since you got to play 18 innings of baseball tomorrow. I think uh, Rob Hughes is back too, I've heard. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Hughes is still sort of on the come up. Uh, he's coming back from Tommy John. He's had a bit of a slow go of it. Um, and so he's not one of those – honestly, he's not one of those guys that I'm, I'm like – I've got a timeline on. But I would, I would imagine that if he's, if he's able to go, they'll put him in in some high-leverage situations because, yeah, I think if he's, if he's healthy and he's able to, you know, he's able to, to, to throw the way he's capable of throwing it, he's a guy that they'd like to, to put in the last nine outs of a ball game. Yeah, for sure. If we can get Willie Willie Weiss back in that close spot, I think we're looking really nice. Yeah, I mean, right now Weiss is your closer. Now, I think ideally, you know, Tristan Smith was going to fill one of those roles. Um, I think at least for the time being, when Ryan Ammons gets back, which that's still, you know, that's, that's probably still a couple weeks out. I talked to I talked to Ryan in the clubhouse earlier today and uh, just asked him about his timeline. He said, you know, uh, you know, a, a few more days. He's got a brace on, a few more days of that, and then a couple weeks of rehab, and then they'll kind of know – how far he can go, whether he's going to be a short stint guy in a reliever or whether he can try to go back in the rotation. I think that remains to be seen based on some of the some of the feedback that they've been getting from the medical staff. So we'll see on that. But, uh, yeah, for, for this weekend, I would say the highest leverage reliever is Weiss, and then you've also got Lindley and Town who have separated themselves in the back of the bullpen. Yeah, and, and one more thing. Another guy that I want to see out the bullpen a lot more often is Nathan Daborski especially having his debut uh, Wednesday, and I think he pitched great. And I think he could come out of the bullpen in any spot, and I feel like he'll do a great job. I, listen, I agree with you, Cole. I appreciate the phone call. Thanks very much. Um, I, You know, I, I Eric Backage, I, I asked him about Dvorsky today. He said, man, I, guy threw great. I mean, he couldn't ask any more from him. And I, I firmly believe that's a guy that's going to work his way into the mix. There are lots of young arms in this bullpen. Uh, that are that are showing incredible promise, and they're getting opportunities because of some of the veterans that are on the shelf right now. And uh, that's how you grow your team: is that you it, sometimes it's forced upon you, and sometimes you force it upon yourself. Where guys have opportunities because of whatever happened over the course of time, and uh, the, a lot of those young guys are taking advantage of those opportunities. Um, I want to get back to basketball here before we get to the top of the hour. We're, we're going to kind of bounce back and forth with basketball, baseball. We'll give you national basketball perspective as well as there's some teams playing. And then, we'll uh, again, we'll, we'll give you some, some college baseball look ahead to the weekend. So we're going to do a lot of that through the show today. Uh, Omaha Hank gets in and says this. I think Ben Middlebrooks deserves a lot of credit. Eight points, five rebounds, but it was more to me than when P.J. got in foul trouble. He came in and more than held down the fort against Burns. He drew some fouls. He went four from six from the line. Held his own on DJ about as well as PJ was doing and drew the third foul on Burns right after PJ picked up his third. Even Travel might have been the first three of his college career and didn't airball. LOL. I, I, I agree on Middlebrooks. I thought the I thought the beautiful, beautiful thing about the game last night was that you did have some likely performances, right? Uh, you did have some performances from some likely heroes. You got PJ Hall 15 points in the game. 
you got 11 points from Chase Hunter, although he wasn't super efficient in the game, but he did have nine assists and three turnovers. I thought Chase was brilliant on the floor last night in a game where you needed somebody to do that because of the way NC State defends. I love that Hunter Tyson very quietly got a double-double. But it was the other guys, though. It was Ian Shefflin leading all scores in the gym except P.J. with 15 points on 6 of 8 and 3 of 3 from downtown. It was with Galloway out, he's still able to make a contribution with 9 points in just 17 minutes. It was Middlebrooks off the bench, 2 for 5, yes, but he had 5 rebounds. All those in the second half, by the way, all 5 of those rebounds. He did go to the line 6 times, which I believe is a career high for him. I have to go back and look. I think that's a career high in foul attempts. And he did. He drew the third foul against Burns. He was very patient with his back to the basket. He just kind of kept working and pump faking and working and pump faking and trying to clear some space for himself. I thought defensively he was mano a mano. And, look, they needed somebody because one one way, if, if you got a guy like Burns who's going to get the ball about 15 to 18 feet from the basket and back you down all the way, one way to kind of get around that is to flop or – said a different way, embellish the contact. And I think Clemson, I'm not sure Clemson flopped at all, like just fell down with no contact. But I think they embellished the contact some sometimes, especially in the first half. They weren't getting those calls. And so what you needed then is, all right, you're going to need somebody who's going to go chest to butt with that guy. You're going to go chest to, to back. You're going to go head to head with him. And when he tries to back you down, you're going to have to bow up to him. And I thought Middlebrooks, especially after Hall went out with the fouls and played about nine or ten minutes by himself with no help because they were trying to save P.J. as late in the game as they could. He only played 18 minutes last night, by the way. Middlebrooks played 22 of the 40 minutes to five last night and held up beautifully. I was actually texting people during the game. I felt like Middlebrooks, he had two points, no rebounds, had almost no stats, but I thought he was playing very well for exactly the reasons that Hank was talking about. Ian Shefflin showed lots of confidence. Again, six rebounds, got a couple offensive boards, some big spots there, and the 15 points, the confidence in the jump shot, the confidence in some strong post moves to try to get around bigger guys. I felt like he used his body really well in the game, and especially with as much attention as was paid to Tyson and to Chase Hunter, those guys stepping up really calm Clemson, and I think it put a little extra pressure on NC State's main guys. Hey, if they got some sort of nondescript guys going off, then we got to do too much, and it costs the Wolfpack. Hour one is done. Josh Graham will join us in hour two. WCCP FM 105.5, Clemson, Greenville Anderson, WAHT AM 1560, Cowpens, 97.5, Spartanburg. We are the Roar. I'm Richard Thompson.